Chapter One, Joseph, Part Seven, of the Legends of the Jews, Volume Two. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Kirsten Ferreri. The Legends of the Jews, Volume Two, by Rabbi Louis Ginsburg. Joseph and Zuleika. Throw the stick up in the air, and it will always return to its original place. Like Rachel his mother, Joseph was of ravishing beauty, and the wife of his master was filled with invincible passion for him. Her feeling was heightened by the astrologic forecast that she was destined to have descendants through Joseph. This was true, but not in the sense in which she understood the prophecy. Joseph married her daughter Asenath later on, and she bore him children, thus fulfilling what had been read in the stars. In the beginning she did not confess her love to Joseph. She tried first to seduce him by artifice. On the pretext of visiting him she would go to him at night, and as she had no sons she would pretend a desire to adopt him. Joseph then prayed to God in her behalf, and she bore a son. However, she continued to embrace him as though he were her own child, yet he did not notice her evil designs. Finally, when he recognized her wanton trickery, he mourned many days, and endeavored to turn her away from her sinful passion by the word of God. She, on her side, often threatened him with death, and surrendered him to castigations, in order to make him amenable to her will, and when these means had no effect upon Joseph, she sought to seduce him with enticements. She would say, I promise thee thou shalt rule over me and all I have, if thou wilt but give thyself up to me, and thou shalt be the same to me as my lawful husband. But Joseph was mindful of the words of his fathers, and he went into his chamber and fasted and prayed to God that he would deliver him from the toils of the Egyptian woman. In spite of the mortifications he practiced, and though he gave the poor and the sick the food apportioned to him, his master thought he lived a luxurious life, for those that fast for the glory of God are made beautiful of countenance. The wife of Potiphar would frequently speak to her husband in praise of Joseph's chastity, in order that he might conceive no suspicion of the state of her feelings. And again she would encourage Joseph secretly, telling him not to fear her husband, that he was convinced of his purity of life, and though one should carry tales to him about Joseph and herself, Potiphar would lead them no credence. And when she saw that all this was ineffectual, she approached him with the request that he teach her the word of God, saying, If it be thy wish that I forsake idol worship, then fulfill my desire, and I will persuade that Egyptian husband of mine to abjure the idols, and we shall walk in the law of thy God. Joseph replied, The Lord desireth not that those that fear him should walk in impurity, nor hath he pleasure in the adulterer. Another time she came to him and said, If thou wilt not do my desire, I will murder the Egyptian and wed with thee according to the law. Whereat Joseph rent his garment, and he said, O woman, fear the Lord, and do not execute this evil deed, that thou mayest not bring destruction down upon thyself, for I will proclaim thy impious purposes to all in public. Again, she sent him a dish prepared with magic spells, by means of which she hoped to get him into her power. But when the eunuch set it before him, he saw the image of a man handing him a sword together with the dish, and warned by the vision he took good care not to taste of the food. A few days later his mistress came to him and asked him why he had not eaten of what she had sent him. He reproached her, saying, How couldst thou tell me I do not come nigh unto the idols, but only unto the Lord? The God of my fathers hath revealed thy iniquity to me through an angel, but that thou mayest know that the malice of the wicked has no power over those who fear God in purity. I shall eat thy food before thine eyes, and the God of my fathers and the angel of Abraham will be with me. 
the wife of Potiphar fell upon her face at the feet of Joseph, and amid tears she promised not to commit the sin again. But her unholy passion for Joseph did not depart from her, and her distress over her unfulfilled wish made her look so ill that her husband said to her, Why is thy countenance fallen? And she replied, I have a pain at my heart, and the groanings of my spirit oppress me. Once, when she was alone with Joseph, she rushed toward him, crying, I will throttle myself, or I will jump into a well or a pit, if thou wilt not yield thyself to me. Noticing her extreme agitation, Joseph endeavored to calm her with these words, Remember, if thou makest away with thyself, thy husband's concubine Asteho, thy rival, will maltreat thy children, and extirpate thy memory from the earth. These words, gently spoken, had the opposite effect of those intended. They only inflamed her passion more by feeding her hopes. She said, There, seest thou, dost love me now. It sufficeth for me that thou takest thought for me and for the safety of my children. I expect now that my desire will be fulfilled. She did not know that Joseph spoke, as he did, for the sake of God, and not for her sake. His mistress, or, as she was called, Zuleika, pursued him day after day with her amorous talk and her flattery, saying, How fair is thy appearance, how comely thy form! Never have I seen so well-favoured a slave as thou art. Joseph would reply, God, who formed me in my mother's womb, hath created all men. Zuleika, how beautiful are thine eyes, with which thou hast charmed all Egyptians, both men and women. Joseph, Beautiful as they may be while I am alive, so ghastly will they be to look upon in the grave. Zuleika, how lovely and pleasant are thy words! I pray thee, take thy harp, play, and also sing, that I may hear thy words. Joseph, lovely and pleasant are my words when I proclaim the praise of my God. Zuleika, how beautiful is thy hair! Take my golden comb, and comb it. Joseph, how long wilt thou continue to speak thus to me? Leave off! It were better for thee to care for thy household. Zuleika, there is nothing in my house that I care for save thee alone. But Joseph's virtue was unshaken. While she spoke thus, he did not so much as raise his eyes to look at his mistress. He remained equally steadfast when she lavished gifts upon him. For she provided him with garments of one kind for the morning, another for noon, and a third kind for the evening. Nor could threats move him. She would say, I will bring false accusations against thee before thy master. And Joseph would reply, The Lord executeth judgment for the oppressed. Or, I will deprive thee of food. Whereupon Joseph, The Lord giveth food to the hungry. Or, I will have thee thrown into prison. Whereupon Joseph, The Lord looseth the prisoners. Or, I will put heavy labor upon thee that will bend thee double. Whereupon Joseph, The Lord raiseth up them that are bowed down. Or, I will blind thine eyes, whereupon Joseph, the Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. When she began to exercise her blandishments upon him, he rejected them with the words, I fear my master. But Zuleika would say, I will kill him. Joseph replied with indignation, Not enough that thou wouldst make an adulterer of me, thou wouldst have me be a murderer besides? And he spoke furthermore, saying, I fear the Lord my God. Zuleika, Nonsense! He is not here to see thee. Joseph, Great is the Lord, and highly to be praised, and his greatness is unsearchable. Thereupon she took Joseph into her chamber, where an idol hung above her bed. This she covered, that it might not be a witness of what she was about to do. Joseph said, 
Though thou coverest up the eyes of the idol, remember, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro through the whole earth. Yes, continued Joseph, I have many reasons not to do this thing for the sake of God. Adam was banished from paradise on account of violating a light command. How much more should I have to fear the punishment of God were I to commit so grave a sin as adultery? The Lord is in the habit of choosing a favorite member of our family as a sacrifice unto himself. Perhaps he desireth to make choice of me, but if I do thy will, I make myself unfit to be a sacrifice unto God. Also the Lord is in the habit of appearing suddenly in the visions of the night unto those that love him. Thus did he appear unto Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I fear that he may appear unto me at the very moment while I am defiling myself with thee. And as I fear God, so I fear my father, who withdrew the birthright from his firstborn son Reuben, on account of an immoral act, and gave it to me. Were I to fulfill thy desire, I would share the fate of my brother Reuben." With such words, Joseph endeavored to cure the wife of his master of the wanton passion she had conceived for him, while he took heed to keep far from a heinous sin, not from fear of the punishment that would follow, nor out of consideration for the opinion of men, but because he desired to sanctify the name of God, blessed be he, before the whole world. It was this feeling of his that Zuleika could not comprehend, and when finally, carried away by passion, she told him in unmistakable language what she desired, and he recoiled from her, she said to Joseph, Why dost thou refuse to fulfill my wish? Am I not a married woman? None will find out what thou hast done. Joseph replied, If the unmarried women of the heathen are prohibited unto us, how much more their married women? As the Lord liveth, I will not commit the crime thou biddest me to do. In this Joseph followed the example of many pious men, who utter an oath at the moment when they are in danger of succumbing to temptation, and seek thus to gather moral courage to control their evil instincts. When Zuleika could not prevail upon him, to persuade him, her desire threw her into a grievous sickness, and all the women of Egypt came to visit her, and they said unto her, Why art thou so languid and wasted, that thou lackest nothing? Is not thy husband a prince, great and esteemed, in the sight of the king? Is it possible that thou canst want aught of what thy heart desireth? Zuleika answered them, saying, This day shall it be made known to you whence cometh the state in which you see me. She commanded her maidservants to prepare food for all the women, and she spread a banquet before them in her house. She placed knives upon the table to peel the oranges, and then ordered Joseph to appear, arrayed in costly garments, and wait upon her guests. When Joseph came in, the women could not take their eyes off him, and they all cut their hands with the knives, and the oranges in their hands were covered with blood, but not knowing what they were doing, they continued to look upon the beauty of Joseph without turning their eyes away from him. Then Zuleika said unto them, What have you done? Behold, I set oranges before you to eat, and you have cut your hands. All the women looked at their hands, and, lo, they were full of blood, and it flowed down and stained their garments. They said to Zuleika, this slave in thy house did enchant us, and we could not turn our eyes away from him on account of his beauty. She then said, This happened to you that looked upon him but a moment, and you could not refrain yourselves. How then can I control myself in whose house he abideth continually, who see him go in and out day after day? How then should I not waste away, or keep from languishing on account of him? And the women spake, saying, It is true, who can look upon this beauty in the house and refrain her feelings? But he is thy slave. Why dost thou not disclose to him that which is in thy heart, rather than suffer thy life to perish through this thing? Zuleika answered them, Daily do I endeavor to persuade him, but he will not consent to my wishes. I have promised him everything that is fair, yet I met with no return from him, and therefore I am sick, as you may see. Her sickness increased upon her. 
Her husband and her household suspected not the cause of her decline, but all the women that were her friends knew that it was on account of the love that she bore Joseph, and they advised her all the time to try and entice the youth. On a certain day, when Joseph was doing his master's work in the house, Zuleika came and fell suddenly upon him. But Joseph was stronger than she, and he pressed her down to the ground. Zuleika wept, and in a voice of supplication and in bitterness of soul she said to Joseph, "'Hast thou ever known, seen, or heard of a woman my peer in beauty, let alone a woman with beauty exceeding mine? Yet I try daily to persuade thee. I fall into decline through love of thee. I confer all this honour upon thee, and thou wilt not hearken unto my voice. Is it by reason of fear of thy master that he punish thee?' As the king liveth, no harm shall come upon me from thy master on account of this thing. Now, therefore, I pray thee, listen to me, and consent unto my desire for the sake of the honour that I have conferred upon thee, and take this death away from me. For why should I die on account of thee? Joseph remained as steadfast under these importunities as before. Zuleika, however, was not discouraged. She continued her solicitations unremittingly, day after day, month after month, for a whole year, but always without the least success, for Joseph in his chastity did not permit himself even to look upon her, wherefore she resorted to constraint. She had an iron shackle placed upon his chin, and he was compelled to keep his head up and look her in the face. End of chapter 1, part 7